Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Nun Talks episode on our podcast. I'm really excited about uh, the opportunity we have today um, to do some learning around social-emotional learning. One of the most exciting parts of my job, or the best part of my job, I guess, is the opportunity to go and to be in schools across Westwind School Division. And I'm always amazed at the awesome work that is happening um, in each of our schools and how each school approaches um, the opportunity to improve and benefit the lives of students. Uh, Raymond Elementary, over the last couple of years, has focused on social-emotional learning. And so today, I've asked uh, the principal, Mr. Jerry Salmon, to join us on Nun Talks and have a conversation about social-emotional learning, what it is, some of the benefits, where Raymond uh, Elementary has gone, where they hope to go, in helping uh, students understand um, social-emotional learning and some of the key components to that as it relates to those core competencies around social emotional learning, self-awareness, self-management, um, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision making. And so I'm really excited to have this conversation today with Mr. Jerry Salmon, the principal of Raymond Elementary. So as part of our conversation today with uh, Mr. Salmon, Jerry, the principal of Raymond Elementary, we're talking about social-emotional learning. And uh, I'd actually really like, um, Jerry, if you'd just take a minute and just tell us why Raymond Elementary went in the direction of social-emotional learning and some of the background behind that movement at your school. Okay. Well... I'd like to start by saying, like, we don't feel like we're experts in this area by any means, but we, we've learned a few things as we've gone along the way. But uh, really the reason why it started at Raymond Elementary School is we had, um, well, we had several students and, and we had a short time period where we had a lot of behaviors happening in our school that we couldn't quite figure out what was going on and why, um, why they were happening. So we had... We had a week where there was a lot of fights at the school, where there were lots of like kids gathering around the fights and chanting fight, like it was like the good old fashioned like 50s fights at school happening. Um, and then we just had lots of kids that were just having a hard time connecting with others. And so we felt like we were chasing it rather than trying to, um, to get ahead of it to stop these. And we didn't exactly know what was going on. And so we started digging into research about social emotional learning to try to figure out what can we do to to help these behaviors and as we dug into it it turned into more than that but uh yeah it was really about chasing those behaviors to begin with so really walk us through what is social emotional learning i mean when i think of it when i first heard about it uh, i've done some research and but it's social emotional learning would distract from academic learning which typically is what schools are. So just walk us through social-emotional learning, what it is, and then how that fits into the academics. Okay. Um, well, social-emotional learning too, and I, I made a comment already about the research that we do and so that we were, had done, and it was interesting because the more and more we dug into the research, there was one organization called CASEL that was referred to over and over and over. So we eventually actually went back to Castle to say, like, if these guys seem to be the experts, what's, what's their model? What are they saying that social-emotional learning is? 
the CASEL model really divides social emotional learning into like five main areas. It's for kids and adults to develop their own self-awareness, their self-management, uh, to have some social awareness, and then also to be able to have relationship skills in there. And then the last part of that is the responsible decision-making. So uh, it's actually really important to separate social emotional learning from, from mental health things at times. Like it's not exactly the same as, as being an expert on um, helping a student that has mental health concerns, but, uh, but it is more about helping students to be able to develop those skills. So when you talk when you talk about those five core competencies, so self awareness, self management, um, uh, relationship skills, decision making, why is that a focus at your school now? As you've been there a couple of years as the principal, and and so making that transition, why why is that the the focus of your school now and and moving forward? Yeah, well, I'm going to go back to how it started again, too, especially when we started talking about those kids that had behaviors. Like, it was, it was really common that one would talk to a kid that, that had been in a fight or, or something was going wrong with them for the, during the day. We, it would kind of t- come down to a fact that they were missing one of these skills within this, this castle framework. And, uh, and we wanted to be able to develop that skill because quite often... Um, in the past, when you're working with a kid that um, needed to develop a skill, we would go towards like a punishment for a fight or something like that. And, and as we would talk to these kids, we realized like these kids don't want to be in the fights either. They just don't know what to do when they're reacting poorly because they're having a, a struggle with, with one of those five areas. And so it's the reason we're still focused on it even a, a little bit later is because we... It, it takes a while for an initiative to really take hold through a school and then to be able to, to have an impact on, on the students. And so as we've, we've gone through really all of the, the learning that we've done, like I would say mostly we've, we've talked about it as adults and we're just starting to get to the point of it impacting the students. All right, so let's talk about that for just a minute. So... Um, you go through this using Castle as your guideline, your model. Yep. Um, you've done some professional development with your staff. Let's talk about maybe that for just a minute. What what kind of professional development has gone along with social emotional learning for your staff, and and how did you get them, I guess, fired up about being part of this um, process? Um, and maybe they're not fired up about <laughs> it. I don't know which one. I, well. We're, we still got a ways to go, we'll say that, but uh, we have started on a few things. So we actually, as part of the CASEL process, we were actually, we followed their, almost their directions um, right off the bat, like created a, a vision as a staff to say, when it comes to social emotional learning, what do we want Raymond Elementary School to be? And so we went through and created a vision that says that we want Raymond Elementary School to be a safe and caring community that values all individuals and that we're about helping them reach their potential through developing healthy self-identities and developing positive connections. And so we've gone through and, and created that as a staff and said, like, after that, to say, okay, how are we going to do that? And so we've got some shared agreements to focus on relationships and respectful communication and supporting each other and things like that. Um, but one of the most fascinating parts of anything that we've read is that 
in order for any initiative to be successful with students for social emotional learning, you also have to focus on the adult social emotional learning in the building. And so we've taken a focus on that. We've actually gone through and chosen um, a program. It's funny because whenever we talk about other things in schools like literacy or um, numeracy or things like that, we've been pretty anti-program because we, we don't think that programs have the, the effect that they should in those areas. But when you look into social emotional learning, it's actually, it has to, it's in programs is where it happens the best. And that's where we uh, have turned around and actually gone through to say which program is the best. And so we looked at a whole bunch of different research. We had a small group of staff members that went through and looked at all the different research of the programs and then chose three to say, let's look deeper at these three. And then we had the companies come and present those to our staff. And then at the end of that, we just chose one to say, this is the one that we think is best. And we chose one called Second Step, actually. Mm. And the reason we chose it is because there's, a, there's part of that program that focuses on the development of the students' social-emotional learning. And then there's also a part of that that develops the, the adults' social-emotional learning in the building, too. So it's nice that it has both of those focuses. So <clears throat> what, uh, what would be one change you would like to or that you say that you've seen, maybe in the adults first, Well, by, uh, by working through this? So the, the first unit is actually all about um, building trust as a staff and do we trust each other? And, uh, and it's actually gone through and we've learned a little bit about the different types of trust and, and how, like, and been able to evaluate what sorts of trust are existent in the building and what might not be there as much. And so we got to go through and then we just had our first meeting where we got together as small groups within the staff to discuss what do we think is our strength and what, what isn't and, uh, and what do we do in order to move that forward. And it was, it was interesting to hear some of the comments that come, came out of that. So. Awesome. So you focus on your staff and yep. you build skill in understanding that and then um, you start to focus on students. So yes. let's talk for just a minute. Um, and maybe you're not that far along in this journey yet, and so maybe, the, maybe you can't answer this question, but let's say a student now at Raymond Elementary gets into a fight, and you're, as the administrator, dealing with that situation. Do you handle the student different um, than you would have prior to understanding social-emotional learning? What is that experience like um, for a student in your, in your building? Yeah, well, I mean, so we've gone through some of the, like the students that we know are lacking some of those skills, and we've actually created small groups in the building. So we have some small social-emotional learning groups, and, uh, and we went through actually a, um, I don't know what to call it, it's almost a rubric from Dr. Marcy Perdue, and we've gone through with the teachers and with some of the EAs and evaluated like where are they in their development along those social emotional continuums and what's next in their development. If a kid that's getting in a fight is because he seems to um, just struggle with how to react to friends when things don't go right out on the playground, um, we've gone through and looked at that continuum to say if this is where he's at, what's the next step in that continuum? And then uh, we've been putting together activities to be able to to lead the growth of that skill so that it can happen in a controlled environment first and get practice there and then it can get hopefully applied as they move outside awesome. or inside. It's not always outside on the playground, but often. 
So I know that some of their research um, talks about social emotional learning. You improve academic research. They've seen a rise in in classroom test scores and um, in standardized test scores. A huge reduction in in student anxiety and things like that. Um, th those are kind of the academic side or the the other pieces to it. I think they even put a dollar amount on it mm -hmm. um, in in savings uh, related to student support and discipline and things like that. Um, but when you're done, when a student is done at, at the end of grade six at Raymond Elementary, what would you like to say the students have the skills to do? Yeah, and that's a good question. I mean, and like we're a school and we're, we're about learning. And, uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to come across with the message of we're doing this social emotional learning to just improve academics like that's that's not the intent like the yeah. reason that we're doing the social emotional learning here is to be able to develop the whole child like that's a term that's been around for a long time and really we want to create good people and uh we think that um even beyond some of the academic things that happen in elementary school if we can have our our students leave us with like self-awareness skills um to be able to to have management when things aren't going right in a situation that they're in, or um, to have the social awareness skills and to, to be able to know what to do in a relationship and make responsible decisions. We actually think that's probably the best way to set them up for success through the rest of the schooling that they have. Now that said, when you focus on social emotional learning, like you've talked about, like there is a lot of research that when kids are, are doing better in class socially, then they, they tend to have results that improve academically as well. And that's, that's not a small part of this. Like we, we're looking for that to happen through all this. But I think our main focus is we want our students to leave us with the characteristics that will help them succeed in later schooling as well as outside of schools in life. Awesome. So we've talked a little bit about your teachers and some of the training they've, they've got. Um, and what about parents in the community? Do they, are, are they involved in the process and how would you like them to know what you're doing with that social emotional framework and that growth in their students? Yeah, and let's be honest, COVID's impacted our ability to, Im to interact with parents quite a bit right now, right? And so as of right now, most of what happens is it's a communication to parents of, okay. here's what we're doing with these kids this week. So we do have a, I talked about the second step adult program, but there's a second step student program too. Okay. And so we have, like there's a weekly lesson that we do for every kid in the building, and it's to develop one of these skills, like a, an, an area within one of those skills. And uh, we actually put out a newsletter every day not every day, sorry, every week right now on Mondays to say, here's what we're covering this week. Oh, sweet. And so here's what you can talk about with your kid at home. And so most of it's kind of separate like that. It's more of a communication right now to get to the point of saying, like, here's what we're doing. You can build on this at home at the same time. We'd like to get it so that as COVID ends and we can pull together and more grouping and things like that, we can start to see assemblies have themes off of these second step ideas and that we can get parents involved in that and, and have them connected and, and even trained more. But uh, as of right now, it's mostly just saying to parents, 
here's what your kid is learning at school. Awesome. So walk us through, say, one of the lessons. What would one of the lessons look like that you've, you've had in one of those five core competencies in that yeah. area? Yeah, you're going to test my memory right now. <laughs> I'm actually going to pull one up. That's all right. Give me just one second so that I can make sure that I'm saying this properly. So like the one that I have in front of me right now that I'm looking at, it's a grade one lesson, and it's actually titled Everyone Gets Distracted. Okay. And so um, it often starts off with like a little movement activity where it kind of gets the kids moving and ready for the learning. And then after that, there's often a video that actually is what does the instruction of here's what it is, um, like learning about how it's normal to get distracted. And it will take kids through that. And you'll see an example of on the board of a character in a in a little cartoon that gets distracted and one that doesn't and then they can look at the differences between what happened for the one that did and what happened for the one that doesn't and then after that the uh, the teachers get to walk them through an activity that's been planned for them in order to practice the skills that were taught in that video to say if this distraction comes along what can you do to to not become distracted and then there's actually little prep and extend activities that you can do throughout the week to uh, to keep practicing that skill. That makes sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. So does every classroom teacher teach the lesson or do you have student leadership go teach it or school administration go into every classroom and teach the lesson? Um, as of right now, um, with it being our first year going through this, it is the classroom teachers that, that walk through. So that I believe every one of them blocks off half an hour of their, just their weekly schedule okay. and walks them through the second step, step that Sweet. happens. And there's a different lesson per grade level and things like that. Oh so yeah, and it builds on would, each other too. build on those and so hopefully over the rotation of five or six years in your school, they've built on those steps as they've gone through and, and walk away at the end of grade six into the junior high and they should have no issues there. Yeah, we're solving <laughs> the world's problems right Perfect. now, but it's... Uh, yeah, it, it is nice how it builds on itself. So it's not like they would just get the same lesson over and over throughout the years. Like it's, it, uh, the higher grades get a more complex way of looking at those problems. So our, our highest grades, they, they set goals, they, they take a look at their goals, they make plans on how to meet their goals, and then, uh, and then they evaluate at the end what they were able to do with their own goal setting. So I know obviously um, COVID has created multiple issues in school, some of those related to social-emotional learning, some of those related to mental health and mental health concerns, some of those related to attendance and all of those kinds of things, and then the possible learning gap for kids that were isolated or quarantined or, or whatever came from that. And so where do you see this work of social-emotional learning kind of fitting into that um, whole piece of, of COVID and, and helping Raymond Elementary um, work its way out of that as time goes on. Yeah, well, even in this example of everyone gets distracted, the one thing I really like about it is it, it shows what's normal for kids. Like here, like it's okay that these sorts of things happen in your life. And so I think it allows kids to see, despite all the things that are going wrong um, with COVID and, and things in the world right now that that things do happen in normal lives and, and then they have some skills that are built to be able to work through those problems rather than have those problems like weigh them down and, and they can't seem to work through a, a problem that's coming at them. So I, I think it's 
to be honest, the problem solving ability that comes through it and the application of the skills that will really allow them to work through any, um, I don't want to say any, there are things that are beyond social emotional learning, but work through most of the things that will come at them in life um, and to be able to succeed in other things like beyond just the social emotional part. Well, I just go back again to the, the five core competencies about self-awareness and really understanding if a student is really able to understand who they are, um, then that helps them in moving forward in their personal life, uh, maybe in their professional life, and for sure in their education. If, if I know who I am and I want to be what I want to become, then I can move forward in that. So in, in any of those five core competencies that way. Yeah, I appreciate that comment. Like, I think that goes back to even our vision, too. Like, if we can get kids to just be comfortable with themselves and to always work on improving ourselves, but at the same time be comfortable with where you're at, I think that is a skill that is needed through most adults in the world, too. So I think as that's built, then other things can become a focus. Well, and, and, and that second one in that five core competency, just that self-management piece, Mm-hmm. I mean, if um, I think about my own days once in a while, and if I had learned to manage myself a little bit better, I might have got more done. Um, and then does that also flow into um, managing my anger and then managing my, my temper and all of those things that go along with that um, just creates that an individual who is able uh, to accomplish a lot of things. So let's go back to your 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 vision that you created. Just restate that for me one more time. Okay. So it's Raymond Elementary School is a safe and caring community that values all individuals. We reach our potential through healthy self-identities and positive connections. Awesome. Let's talk about positive connections for just a minute. Okay. Um, What are some things that you feel like Raymond Elementary does really well to connect to kids? And maybe it's... um, at the teacher level, maybe it's at the administration level, maybe it's the entire school community level, but what are some things you think that you do really well to connect to kids? Well, I mean, we have good staff in our building, and I would say that that's a focus of everyone, is that they're always looking to connect to their kids, right? And everyone, I would say every teacher has their own way of approaching kids, and, and kids have their own way of, of connecting to teachers too, right? And so, um, but I would say that like, our staff is, is really good at knowing the kids. And I think as you know the kids and kids feel like they are known, then the connection can come out of that. Like it's, it's a, I'm not sure I could say it's ever happened, but it would be a rare thing to be able to talk to a teacher about one of their students and they're not able to tell you a lot about them. Like they, as they know a lot about their students, they, they are connected to them. And, uh, and not everyone is always the easiest to connect to. And I would say that there's a lot of effort in order to get to know kids so that the ones that are sometimes even harder to make connections with, you could still get there with them and have a connection. And the other thing that I think is, is working right now is that sometimes not every kid wants to connect to their current homeroom teacher. And so I think there's opportunities in the building where like an EA can come into the room or, or we have counselors or or people like that that are available. So if it's not the strongest connection in the in the current classroom at the moment, that there are others there that can that are called in to help, and those connections can be made as well. I think that's a really important um, point because I think sometimes we as teachers, educators, uh, we know all our kids and we feel like we have a connection to them, 
and I can tell you all about them, but sometimes the kid might not be connecting back to us. Mm -hmm. And so it's that looking, looking to see who else is in the building that maybe the student connects to better, better than me. I, I would bet if we surveyed, we'd say, teachers would probably say, yeah, well, connection in our building is amazing. And then you survey the kids and the kids are like, eh, I'm not really connected to anyone. And so, so those are the, if we can overcome yeah. those two things so they match in the middle, then we've done a lot better job in that connection piece. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember very clearly being in the classroom and like the last thing I'd ever want to say is that there was a kid that I wasn't connected with. Like it stung if, if, you, yeah. if you knew that that wasn't happening. But I can remember one clearly actually several years ago that that wasn't connecting with me and we had to actually get him connected to a caretaker in the school so that he had yep. somebody in the building to have a connection to. So. Yeah, for sure. So what has social emotional learning done for you as a school principal? What, what, what changes has it brought about in your own professional growth or own personal growth um, different than you maybe were five years ago? I, I think one of the biggest things it's done for me is the more I've learned um, about social-emotional learning, I think it, it just helps me to approach students in a way that will work towards a connection. Like I don't, I don't think I was ever a harsh person to begin with, but I, I think at times in my life I may have actually thought like, okay, let's punish this kid and then he'll stop doing this. And I, I think it's shifted my mindset over towards how do we help this kid have the skill that he needs so that, um, so that they can solve their own problems in the future rather than what am I going to do to just get this to stop immediately. I think that's been a part of it. I think the other thing that it's really made me do with some of the focus is take a look at social emotional learning of adults. And I think it's key. Like um, one of the things that has to be there for it to succeed in a school, I said, I think I said this already, but it's the, the focus on the adult social emotional learning. And that includes mine. Like it's been fascinating to, to read about some of these things and think, where am I at with, with my level of trust, with, with the things that build trust? Like, am I able to to have all of these skills that are needed as well and, and what's, what skill do I need to develop myself? And so I think it's, it's turned up my self-reflection quite a bit. Um, yeah. Sweet. So let's just walk through, and I know this might be hard for us to visualize on a, on a podcast, but if I was to walk into your building um, as we kind of complete a few questions here, what does social emotional learning look like, smell like, feel like at Raymond Elementary School? What's it really all about when I walk in there? Um, Is there language that's used, a, a common vocabulary that's used? Is there yeah. things around the question. building? What, what would it be like? Well, right in our front door, you'll see our vision and our shared agreements to say, like, here's our vision of what we want to work towards, and here's our shared agreements of what we said we'll do in order to get there. Um, as you go into classes, you'll see that second step happen quite a bit. And again, I'd say that we're, we are really more towards the start of this, and I think as we've started our adult learning, I, I think you're going to see you're going to see the positive connections with each other. Like as we talk about what trust is and do we trust each other and, and what does that look like for a kid that, that's, that's looking for help at the moment. Like you, you would see a lot of, of people 
working with that kid in order to help them develop their own skills of self-management um, to be able to work themselves through whatever struggle that they're having. I think that to me would be, and again, I'm on the outside looking into this whole school approach to social emotional learning, but it, I think kids are always looking for a model. Yeah. Um, and if they see a model, then, then I, will, I will do that. But if I don't see that modeled, I don't see the teachers trust each other, I don't see them say I'm sorry, I don't see them manage their own anger or <laughs> manage themselves well, then yeah. I'm like, well, that doesn't really work. So I think that the modeling of it is, is really important um, in that. So now, um, the, probably the toughest question of all, the, the, um, I know there's lots of research out there that says the... the the most impactful person on a student learning is the classroom teacher. So I always take that to the next level is the person that has the most impact in the building is the school principal. What would you like to see in the future with social emotional learning and the impact that it has as you are the school leader? No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think there's two parts to that answer for me. I think the one is I, I would love to see our adult social emotional learning as we go through the learning about building trust and the next one's going to be about managing stress and there's a couple more after that. But I'd love to see that really impact um, the modeling of adults and what we do to model for kids to be able to show here's what we do when we run into things so that that modeling can become really big. Um, the second thing that I'd really like to see is the impact on the students. Like that's, that's the hope that, that I would love to be able to see that comes out of this is um, that the second step program that we're putting into place, we really start to see students that are growing in their skills to be able to apply those and, and work through some of the, the struggles that they're having. I feel like I missed part of your question, actually. No, what I, was the second I, the, the, Your impact and where you want it to go yeah. from there. Okay. So, I, uh, I, so I've been doing some reading on social-emotional learning, and the part that really stands out to me, um, again, going back to what you've already talked about, Jerry, is that piece on the, the adult um, learning and mm -hmm. the adults understanding social-emotional learning, and that... If, if I walk into a classroom, do I see it as like is in your, your vision statement? Um, is it a safe classroom? And what are those things that I see in there that make it a safe classroom that apply to that social emotional learning piece? Do I see that there's elements where students are allowed to um, find self-awareness and self-management and social awareness? Am I aware of social cues? When we bring the kindergarten kids up to sit on the carpet and read the book, mm -hmm. there's certain social cues we hope they understand and know, and, and, and we can do that. The other part is, is there time in the classroom for that relationship developing skills, and what does that look like? And then the responsible decision-making and the language that's used to help promote that and stuff like that. And so uh, it's been fascinating for me um, to read what the adults really have to do in order for that to come out. So um, I appreciate that that piece there. I'm going to add on to that too. Yeah. Like 
and the, your last question was about the impact, but uh, like one of the things that I hope really comes out of that adult learning and the impact is, and I've actually even heard it myself too, there's a, there's a bit of a shift that I'm hoping will happen is like when we, I've, I've used the phrase several times, students that are having struggles, and I'd love to see a shift even in myself a little bit more to the idea of a student that needs extra support. And when, when there's something that's going on, what's the extra support we'll put in place for that student to develop that skill or we model that for that student so that that development can happen. I, I think that's a real big impact that comes out of the modeling that will happen in the classroom. Awesome. So as we kind of finish up here, what are some last things that you would like um, your school community or others that may listen to the podcast um, know about Raymond Elementary and social-emotional learning or, or you could even separate those. Know about Raymond Elementary and, and or know about social-emotional learning. What are some things that you uh, want to highlight as we finish up our conversation? Well, I guess one of the things that I really want people to know is like Raymond Elementary is really about trying to get research-supported practices into place. And, uh, and social-emotional learning is one of those things that will help really in every area. But uh, we want to send kids out of our building with the ability to, to make themselves successful. And I think as we are actually digging into research to, uh, to make sure that that's what's happening, um, and confirming that we are using the best practices possible for kids and doing our best to apply those, then, then we'll have that impact. Awesome. Well, I know you have a good team, and I know you have a team member that um, wasn't on our show today, your vice principal, um, Gemma Dallas, and we just want to recognize her work in also helping with the social-emotional framework that's going on at your school. Uh, I know I was in there the other day. I think there's a a big poster now on the bulletin board there that identifies the, the core competencies of social-emotional uh, learning. So kids start to see that and visualize it and think about themselves in that and, and where do I fit into that, um, that, I guess, kind of continuum of supports and where's my strengths and where's my weaknesses. So that's been fun to see uh, just evolve as I um, see things happening um, just visually um, in the building. It will be fun to watch over the next two or three years where kids grow and, and when they sort of discover their own, own needs and watch your staff grow as they also learn to support them. So I appreciate you coming on today and having the conversation about social-emotional learning. And if anybody has questions uh, about it, are they okay to contact you? Yes, yeah, they're welcome to. Sweet. So they can call you at Raymond Elementary School or um, use your email and get a hold of you. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. And if you have anything else, if not, I appreciate being here. Thank you. Okay. Awesome. Thanks.